Welcome to the Foolish Adventure Show, where guru hype is banned, lifetime value of a customer is king, and the internet business has replaced the J-O-B as the path to financial success and personal freedom. Now, here's straight talk about making a living online with your host, Tim Conley. Welcome to a new episode of the Foolish Adventure Show. I'm your host, Tim Conley, and I'm here with one of the Foolish members, uh, Steph, of thedailydigi.com. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I'm excited to be here. Oh, it's great. It's great. I- I've wanted to uh, spend some time talking to you. We've, we've, kind of, we've worked together a bit uh, where uh, we've been able to talk about a lot of the uh, things about online business, specifically your business, and... And so I've wanted to have you on the show for a while, and it just hasn't been able to get things uh, scheduled on my side for a while. So uh, we finally just kind of came together here at, at like a last-minute thing. Uh, so what what I find interesting is in the conversation that I that we can have today is essentially about women in online business, and. Uh, and there's, there's, uh, I think you can bring a lot to it more so than I could. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Steph, could you tell uh, everyone listening a bit about yourself and and your business so they know why they should be listening to you? Yeah, I am the owner of the DailyDigi.com, which is a digital scrapbooking website, and we focus on. We have a different business model, I guess, than a lot of than most of the digital scrapbooking sites out there. We really work to promote designers that do a good job designing quality digital scrapbooking products. And we also work on teaching people how to do digital scrapbooking. And our readers and our customers have come to know that they can count on us to be an unbiased source of information on quality products for digital scrapbooking and also for printing and other things like that. We don't accept free products from vendors. Once in a while, I will get uh, free stuff from a designer that has contributed to the DigiFiles before. Once they contribute to the DigiFiles, that's kind of our way of endorsing them and saying that this is a good designer with good quality products. And uh, But everything that I review on the site, I pay for out of pocket, which is different. And I've learned that it sometimes... Uh, can kind of, I don't know, I, I, I miss out on a lot of free stuff. People are willing to give you free stuff if you're willing to talk about them, but they don't want to give you free stuff after you talk about them. And they don't want to give your readers free stuff after you talk about them either. So, But it's been good for us because our customers and our readers really depend on that a lot. And we've become, we've been, become to be known as a source of unbiased information and people really rely on that in the digital scrapbooking community. So, and then I also am the host and the new producer of the Digi Show, which is a digital scrapbooking podcast. And that was something that uh, Izzy and Noel actually started under the paper clipping umbrella. And we just spun it off a couple, a month and a half ago, I think is all. And so I had to take a crash course in learning how to podcast and getting a new site up and all of that stuff because I just had a few days to do it and we're running with that and it's growing it's doing really well so I'm excited that's fantastic um, yeah I know a bit about the uh, the 
the Digi Show. I, I haven't actually, actually, I haven't listened to a single one. I just know the behind the scenes conversations with Izzy about it, and and yeah. when. He, uh, he said, because he had been telling me for a while that he wanted to step step back from uh, uh, producing it just because he wanted to find more time in his life, and 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 so he had already thought, you know, maybe I'll just have let Steph have the have the show and and uh, and let her run with it. And it's great to know that now it's you know doing it's you know going even better now. Uh, that's pretty cool. It is cool. And it's, you know, Izzy told me before we went out on our own, he said, I really think that I've been holding you back. And I'm like, yeah, right. There are going to be so many people that aren't going to listen anymore because Izzy's gone. And I've been shocked and pleasantly surprised that uh, it's done really well, really, really well. So that's good. Oh, that's, that's, that's really cool. Um, so let's, now that people know about what you're doing, uh, so, oh, uh, maybe even to say that you're, uh, the Daily Digi is an actual uh, membership site. It is, and it's um, yeah, it's a little bit different than most membership sites, and it's definitely digital f- different for the digital scrapbooking community because there aren't that many member sites in digital scrapbooking. But how our revenue model is that we have designers that contribute to what we call the Digi Files, which is a collaboration of, well, it's not even a collaboration. It's a collection of different products from seven different designers each month. And our members get that collection on the first of every month. And they also can subscribe to a level of membership where they get what we call the playbook, which is an interactive ebook that has tips, tricks, tutorials, techniques. Um, I usually do a video tutorial in it every month that's embedded right in the ebook. Uh, and, yeah, so people really, since we launched the, we just launched the membership model last October before that, people could just buy it on its own in a store. Since launching the membership model, things have gone really, really well. And I knew when we started the Daily Digi a couple of years ago, almost two and a half years ago, that we needed to have that membership model because I was spending so much time and energy every single month trying to resell the same customers on the same the same thing, different designers, but the same thing. And our members are so happy and love the membership format. And we ended up getting rid of the store and taking it down just because there weren't enough people purchasing through the store anymore to keep it up. And so it's gone really well. I'm very happy that we've gone that direction. Yeah. So it really, I mean, honestly, to be, to be frank, uh, it saved the daily digi because the, for me, the option was either the memberships work and make it so that I'm making enough money to make this work with my time or else the daily digi is done. And so really it saved the daily digi. So, yeah, Uh, that, that's pretty cool. And I think there's a a really good lesson in that uh, where people should be willing to change their uh, business model. Uh, to to take advantage of things that may, people really want, and and also to cut uh, your own labor. You know, you were spending so much time just trying to get people to buy every single month. Uh, where if you just change your business model, you would be able to have people coming in, and they just buy the one time, and they keep uh, you keep uh, giving them great products, and they keep uh, staying. They stay on as a member. That that's that's something that people should be willing to risk. You know, making that change. 
Yeah, it made a huge difference for us, and our customers love it. I've I've not had one person complain about it at all. No, never email me. They might unsubscribe, but our unsubscribe rate is pretty low, and those that do unsubscribe typically turn around and resubscribe. I think it's like 60% of the people that unsubscribe come back, so it's not bad. Okay, so now to get on to the actual conversation yeah. that, I, that I wanted to have with you now, uh, now that we've... I covered your street cred. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I have a theory that that men and women approach business differently. You know, that we that we have different reasons for doing what, what we do when becoming an entrepreneur. And, you know, and this is just my, you know, armchair philosophy coming coming out, you know, where I'm thinking uh, men do things for uh, prestige uh, for um, essentially to show off you know uh, men men try to do what we do mostly to impress women and right <laughs> and, I know that's true right so but but I think I think women come at it in in a much different different way you know the, I think the mechanics of business is is the same but the actual way we go about it and the reasons why we go about the mechanisms of running a business I think differ dramatically and, and so I wanted to get your in, uh, input on this like like why why did you become an entrepreneur I jumped in I started doing little things here and there in digital scrapbooking and the biggest reason I started was because I was advancing my skills I started making fonts I think was the first thing that I did for money and I I enjoyed doing it it was something I enjoyed doing and I came up with some fun and creative ideas and so I decided to put them out there and see how it went it was I wasn't really thinking about starting a big business and having it be great I started I jumped in with Janet on the daily digi she was the one that started the daily digi and I jumped in with her before it launched and then I ended up purchasing it from her a few months later but I jumped in with her because I wanted to be able to teach other people about digital scrapbooking and it was just something that I felt passionate about I really wanted to share my knowledge and all of the things that I had learned and uh, there again it wasn't necessarily that I was thinking I was going to start a really successful online business and it wasn't until I bought the Daily Digi from Janet that I decided okay I have to decide is is this going to be a, a business that I'm going to give my whole heart and soul and time to or is this just a side hobby because I knew that it wouldn't be successful if it was just a side hobby and I think that when you say that women come into online businesses for different reasons. I think you're right. I think a lot of women come into online business at, because it's a hobby and not necessarily because they want to make it be a successful online business. They just want to do it on the side to make a little bit of income and not necessarily have to give it the time that it needs to be a successful business. Yeah, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with like the approach of I'm just going to make enough money to supplement the you know the family income uh, right though though I, I I would love to see more women becoming uh, entrepreneur uh, a little more entrepreneurial where they're able to bring a different side to uh, to business that that 
that men just don't bring to the to the marketplace. Uh, you know, we men network only to be able to make a sale, whereas uh, like women tend to network uh, for greater um, you know greater synergy. Right. And and so I uh, that that's something I would I would love to see, and that that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have this conversation because you know you go to say an internet marketing conference or a lot of online business. Uh, conferences or seminars and it's almost all guys it's getting better uh, and and the tech world it's starting to get better where there's more where there's more women starting to show up to uh, events but I, I just don't think there's enough representation uh, even foolish adventure this is the um, the first female interview we've had on <laughs> Wow! Yeah, right. <laughs> no pressure. Right. No right. pressure. <laughs> As, well, I, I, which I think is really sad because I think we have a, a strange mix where our audience is probably very close to fifty percent women, and and I just didn't think we were representing this marketplace very well so that that's one of the one of the reasons why i wanted to have you on because i see you as a, a very dynamic entrepreneur but also like super mom right <laughs> <laughs> well thanks <laughs> i don't know that my kids would always agree but yes i still i consider myself a stay-at-home mom even though i really am a work-at-home mom i definitely have to balance both both of those lives. I I love that my job allows me to be able to, you know, the kids want to go do something fun and I can drop everything and go and run and do something fun. But I do also have to balance that with making sure that I meet my customers' expectations so that my business doesn't go away. And and it is a balance and I sometimes I feel pulled in two different directions that are conflicting with each other. But it works and I've been able to make it work and I love and I tell people this all the time I just love that my job gives me the flexibility and that I don't have to call anyone and say the kids are sick today I'm not going to be in I can still work if they're sick and I can still do what I need to do you know unless we're running to the doctor or whatever but I can balance it and I can juggle it and I can work when I want and so I don't have to be working from eight in the morning until five in the evening every day I can I can do it when it fits my schedule and w- and when you say kids how many does that turn I out have, to be? I have three kids and their their ages are spread. I have a 15-year-old, an 11-year-old, and then um, a barely five-year-old. But I don't like to say that she's five because <laughs> she's growing up too fast. So. Oh, my goodness. And so, you're, so you get the, the whole spectrum uh, of you. You know, the teenager life and, and the, uh, the, young, the young kid life so where you're you know, probably running around quite a bit. I am running around like crazy and I've often had to have conference calls with programmers while I'm running kids to lessons and sitting outside waiting for them <laughs> to finish lessons and and different things like that. So yeah, it's a it's definitely a juggling act, but it's also very rewarding and it's awesome that I can do what I do when I can do it and be able to feel like I'm a good mom and and participating in all of their activities and all of the things that they do. And so with that running around, you've got this, uh, one of the biggest excuses I, I ever hear is, you know, I don't have the time. 
I don't have the time to build a business. I don't have the time to run one. And this and this isn't just women. You know, it's men too. Uh, every, it's it's like the ultimate excuse. I don't have the time to do it. But here you are with three kids, and and so how do you find the actual time to uh, not just run a business but grow one? You know, you said your audience is growing with the your podcast. So how how does how is that even possible? I think it's I think you have to learn where your time is best spent. And with my business growing, I've I've figured out that sometimes it's really good for me to do things on my own and learn how to do things on my own. Other times it's better for me to hire it out. And so that I can instead spend that time with my family. And Izzy kind of teases me that you know, cause I always hire things out, but compared to him, he likes to do everything on his own. But for me, if it's trying to figure something out and it's going to take me three or four hours, how to figure out to do this one little thing. And I had this happen when I was setting up the website for the Digi show just a few weeks ago, there was one little thing that I needed to do and I could not figure out how to get it done. I spent three hours on it and finally decided bag that I can email my programmer, she'll have it done in 15 minutes, and that's it, and I'll just pay her for it. And that's exactly what happened. She was able to get it done lickety-split, but I after, you know, I shouldn't have spent the three hours in the first place <laughs> because that was three hours I could have been spending with my kids. But you know, one of the things that I always try to remember is that I have a friend that told me a long time ago, she says, we all have the same 24 hours in the day, and none of us has the corner on the market of busy because we don't, everybody's busy, all of us are busy in our lives. So it's all about prioritizing and figuring out what you wanna do and how bad you wanna do it. If you want to have a successful online business, then you need to make the time for it and find the time for it. Whether it's, uh, you know, I've had to have my husband one time take a day off of work, take a vacation day, so that I could get some stuff done that I needed to have done and that was the only day that I could do it because of, other extenuating circumstances. And so he took a vacation day and took care of the kids and I got my stuff done. And yeah, that's one less vacation day that we have to spend as a family. But by doing that, I was able to knock it out in a day, get it done and move on. And then I had time to spend with my family instead of trying to piecemeal it together. And I think that's one of the things that can be most frustrating when you're trying to have a family and raise a family and have an online business is when you're just working for 15 minutes here and 15 minutes there and you feel like you never get anything done if you can schedule in blocks of time then you actually feel like you're getting things done and being successful than just piecemealing and being interrupted yeah which is just great advice Uh, i i tend to work like a couple of hours in the morning and then a couple of hours in the evening uh, where because I, I just don't function well in the afternoon. I'm I'm one of those people who's kind of weird. You know, I'm like a evening person and a morning person. But the middle of the day, not so much. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so if it's important, I, I need a couple of hours in a block in the morning or in the evening. If it's very important for me to accomplish something, I need to do it then. And, and so for you, uh, do you have like set hours and your kids know that, you know, mom's working now and do, you know, do not uh, disturb kind of thing? Or is it a open door policy? 
What we've been doing this summer that's worked really well is I've had, I've tried to set aside a couple hours a day where I'm working and I come in the bedroom, lock myself in the bedroom and my daughter babysits. She's a fabulous babysitter and I'm paying her for that because I figure if I'm working and making money, I need to compensate her in some way. And so she has a set wage that I pay her for that time. There are times when we decide that we want to do something fun. And so I won't work that day after they've gone to bed. I'll answer customer service emails and take care of things. And then maybe another day I'll work longer. And, and it's worked really well for me to lock myself in my bedroom and for them to pretend that I'm not even here. And when they come and knock on my door, my older daughter will say, remember mom's not here. She's working. (laughs) And so they know that she has to take care of everything. And if there's fights, she still has to take care of everything because (laughs) she's babysitting and mom's not home. We were going to have me go away, but we decided to try this just because I didn't want to spend the time commuting, you know, to go somewhere else. You pack up and you go somewhere else. It all takes time. And so we just, we decided to do it this way and it's really, really worked. Uh, once school starts, I'll be homeschooling my middle child this year. And so it'll be a little bit trickier, but we will have to set up some times where, you know, a schedule where mom's going to be working and he's going to have to be doing schoolwork on his own. And that's, that's how it's going to have to be. So, and I think it'll work. I, we've really, it's really worked for us to set up some guidelines and some rules and some time and let the kids know that this is what they can expect during that time. Before school got out, before this summer, I was just trying to uh, piecemeal it together. And while the youngest was at preschool during those times, I would try to work and then a little bit in the morning before they got up. And then again in the, at night when they went to bed and I just felt like I wasn't getting anything done. So this has worked really well for us this summer. Hopefully we'll be able to continue it through the school year. Oh, that's cool. Uh, so uh, you had mentioned about uh, having a programmer and, and outsourcing things, uh, and, which is a great way to get some leverage. Uh, so do you have employees in your company or, or just like regular go-to outsourcers? How, how are you actually getting this additional leverage? Yeah, I don't have employees, but I do have people that I outsource to uh, Continually, and I, after listening to one of your episodes about the difference between employees and contractors, I went and looked all of that up. And yes, I do fall. I'm so happy I'm not. I don't fall in under employees, so that's really good <laughs> for me. So, yeah, I have I have a writer, Katie Nelson, uh, Kate, known as Katie the Scrapbook Lady, writes for me, and then she also contributes other ways on the site. And then uh, I have let's see, somebody that helps me put together the, the playbooks, which are the eBooks that I go to. And she does some other stuff on the site for me a little bit here and there. I've just started working with, I found a high schooler that was willing to do some SEO ditch digging for me (laughs) because he's interested in computer stuff. And that's worked out really well because it gives him some job experience and it's doing the stuff on the website that I don't want to do that <laughs> is miserable. <laughs> and then um, I have a, I have a couple of different programmers that I go to when I need help and they handle different things. I just redid the website and had a membership database system customized for me because everything that I was using and trying to use wasn't exactly what I needed. And he did a really great job with that. And I just found him through a plugin, a free plugin actually for WordPress. And it was kind of similar to what I needed. And then I hired him to do something for me. He did a great job and 
it turned into this other big job for him as well. And so it's just kind of one thing leads to another and I find people to do things. And it's interesting. I One of the things that I found is that programmers are often busy. And this, I think, is the difference between men and women. And I had a programmer that I was using for a member when I had a member on my site and was using that I had him doing some customization stuff on a member and Izzy had said you know he always tells me that he's too busy and he you know he just doesn't he can't do it and he always tells me that he's too busy too but then I stroke his ego a little bit and say you're just so good at what you do and you're the only person that I know that can do this and I know you'll do a great job and I think that's (laughs) women don't really work that way I mean someone says that to me I guess you know I probably would be inclined to help him out too but I don't know that Izzy's gonna to stroke this other guy's ego that much to get him to help him with some programming so that, that's funny uh yeah men, men are kind of easy in that in that respect yeah. <laughs> yeah so and I didn't even realize it was happening until Izzy told me he just won't he's always busy he never and I said well I guess he's picking his customers then Izzy you know so that's anyway funny. That, that's really yeah. funny all right. Uh, yeah, I think I think that's all of the people that I have helping me on my site. Is I have a team that does layouts and tips and tricks for the playbook as well, and they do that in exchange for a pr- uh, product. Okay. So I'm yeah, not paying yeah, them. You you have all that content that's being put into your site that that would take forever to do, and and I'd seen on your site that you have these other designers who are promoting uh, or having their their content is being used as and so you say you're doing that in exchange for for product like how, how does how does that work like how do you build that kind of a team okay the um the team members that um in digital scrapbooking it's really common to have a creative team is what they're called and they just create layouts and then oftentimes the requirement is that they post them into certain galleries and so that people can see your product on our team the requirement is that they need to make two layouts a month with the digi files with the products that are in the digi files so they can pick one product and make one layout and pick a different product and make another layout and then they post those layouts in the team forum along with a tip or a trick that they used in creating that layout that's they don't have to post their layouts anywhere they don't have to do anything else and it's worked out really well a lot of what i've done to build the team is i've just gone and looked for people that are using Digifile products, people that post in our, we have a Flickr gallery for the Daily Digi, people that post there. And a lot of times in digital scrapbooking, the tendency is to use people that are on a lot of different creative teams or are well-known in the scrapbooking community. And I've gone a little bit of a different direction. I do have some very well-known scrappers on my team, but I also have found people that weren't on any teams and I didn't know that they were weren't on teams when I asked them to be on my team but found that out later and they've worked fabulously for me because they're not they don't have a ton of assignments that they have to do and they love being there they were there in the in the Flickr group because they loved the daily digi and so that's you know that's what I want on my team and so and then there's a couple of other people that write for me once a month and in exchange for writing for me they get product and then they also get linked up to their own websites and things that they have going on. I'm really about promoting people and things that they have going on that are great. And that's a little bit of a different 
viewpoint, I guess, than most sites in the digital community. There are often lots of rules on other sites about linking up to other sites, linking up to other products, linking up to, you can't do that on a lot of sites. And I just really, I want to let my readers know about anything good that's out there in digital scrapbooking. And so if I have someone that's contributing to my site, I want to link up to them as much as possible. I have, we have team pages and then individual pages where we link up to their blogs and their, their sites in our playbook. We link up to our team members, blogs and sites as well so that people can find out more about them if they want to. And it's just, it's a win-win for everybody because they, their stuff gets seen, it gets promoted and and they get a little bit of free product. There's also other opportunities for them to get additional free product from other designers. Um, and it, it just, it works out really well for everybody. You, you said a couple of things in, in that. And so I, I want, and I see some differences between like men and women in, in that, in this. Um, one was about these teams. Um, they confuse me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so w- with these, with this team, I, I find the concept really interesting. I don't know that men really do this. Uh, so, so I want to get a little deeper into this concept of a team. Like, what is this team? You, you said a team comes together and they make stuff, and I, I don't get it. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's they. It's just a person that's. I mean, really, they're out there to a lot of times to promote your product, to spread the word about your product. Sometimes uh, stores and sites require them to post on their blog or you know tweet, Facebook, whatever, just to really promote your stuff. And in exchange, they get the free product. And there are a lot of scrapbookers out, out there that really enjoy doing that. I was on Teams for a really long time. And so I would get des- my favorite designer's products for free. And in exchange, I would make layouts for them to put in their newsletters to help sell the product. Does that help? Yeah, I, 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 I think it's similar. It's just to totally some, foreign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like what? What? We're not competing against each other. That that just seems so wrong. Um, I I think it comes down to I had mentioned like having content partners a long time ago. Um, and having like a uh, a syndicate. So if you had a blog to join with other people who have a blog and you would uh, help promote one another. Um, but I, I really like this concept of a team where a team of people could uh, essentially help one another out. Uh, and and they each get, you know, they, they their own self-interest gets um, uh, fulfilled. You know, they, they want products and so they're willing to do certain things. Um, and then, and then the uh, the uh, so the one who gets promoted, they of course get uh, this additional content and and things spread around. So uh, I, I think that's that's a concept. I think that could really translate into a lot of other uh, other areas, as a as opposed to just using say a guest poster where you actually had a team of people. I I, I really like this concept. I, I don't have anything really formulated though, but because uh, it, it is kind of foreign to me. Um, 
but but I really like this concept, and hopefully the people listening can and can take this idea and bring it into their industry. If this is something that's very common in the scrapbooking industry, then maybe it's something that could become common in other industries. Yeah, I think definitely it could. There are ways that it could be be applied in a lot of different industries. And one of the great things that happens, just like you said, there's a lot of synergy within a team where people start learning from each other and learning new techniques and things. And that's how the whole playbook was born was we were, you know, behind the scenes creating these layouts and we would ask each other, hey, that's really cool. How did you do that? And learn from each other all of these things. And I knew that it was something that digital scrapbookers would love to be a fly on the wall in our team forum, learning these kinds of things. And so that's how the playbook was born. Um, because I just decided to put it together as an ebook every month. People love the fact that they get sample layouts in a book format that they can put on their iPad or put on their computer and just copy the layouts with the same exact products. And then there's also the techniques and tricks there. I think that it's something that definitely I could see how it could be used in a lot of different niches that are out there and a lot of different uh, industries and sites that people have up where where they could put together a team that is using their products, testing their products, and then talking to them about their products so that you can figure out how to tweak them and what you need to do. And that's what a lot of digital designers will use their team for is to get feedback on their products and what they need to add, what they shouldn't be doing, things like that. So that, yeah, that's, uh, I, I'm, I'm really excited about that idea. Uh, though you, you, you also said as something that was completely contradictory to the team effort, which was a lot of sites, a lot of designers will limit their team to uh, where they link to, where, they, where they're posting, things like that, which I think is uh, the opposite of, of, that, of that cooperation and goes more towards a scarcity mentality. Like, what do you think is behind that, that control, uh, that uh, being a control freak, I would say? <laughs> I, I think fear and I think it's I think it's an old way of doing business. I think a lot of times in this the discussions that I've heard in the digital community is that you know that's not the way people do business. You don't see Target going out and promoting Walmart and things like that. But I think in these types of industries, I had somebody else say to me, I see authors promote each other all the time. They'll promote each other's books all the time. There's not just one way to write a book. There's not just one story to be told. And that's, you know, in scrapbooking, there's not just one design. There's not just one designer. There's a lot of different products out there and there's not just one very best and that's and that's the only one that people should be using. There's there's a lot of customers to go around and I think that's one thing that people worry about is they worry that there's not enough customers to go around and if if they spend $5 at your site they're not going to come spend $5 on my site. But I I like to have the the abundance mentality that there's enough for everyone to go around and it's all going to work out. And maybe I'm living in, you know, la la land <laughs> thinking that. But but I just I, I really like to, and it's not, there's not a ton of designers that are limiting their creative teams. There's, there's a handful of designers and stores that limit their creative teams for sure. Um, but they also limit customers that come into their site. And if you're going to post on our forum, you can't link out to other 
stores, if you're going to post about products, you can't hyperlink to other stores in galleries, things like that. And I just think it's fear. I think, I think it's fear and the old way of doing business where, you know, and looking at some of the big box stores, but we aren't big box stores. We're online businesses and we do things differently. Yeah. And, so. and everything is just a click away anyways. So yep. uh, I, I, I see it as I need to be a great resource to my customers. So yep. may, maybe, maybe I don't have what that customer wants and someone else does. Uh, if, I, if I trust that other person and I like what they do, I like their products, then I'm going to tell people about it. And yes, exactly. Yeah, because because I, I I think then people are like, wow, you know, uh, Tim's going to tell me the truth. He's going to give me what what is in my best interest. So then I'm going to come back and reciprocate. That, that's that's and how that, I see it. Yes, and that's exactly what that's exactly what I try to live by is that. I, I try to put my readers and my customers first and whatever is in their best interest. If it's their, you know, we've, we've just partnered, the Daily Digi has just partnered with Big Picture Classes to do some classes, but I still promote other classes on other sites. There are, are you know, a handful of digital scrapbooking sites that do classes. And if it's in my customer and my readers' best interest to know about these other classes, I'm definitely going to share them and promote them because there's just, you know, there's not one way to learn things and there's not one way to teach things. There's, and people that are trying to learn digital scrapbooking really want to learn and learn as much as they can in, in any way that they can. And so I think that's, I always try to put my readers and my customers in whatever's their best interests first. Excellent. So We've covered quite a bit, but I think there's one aspect that I think we really need to cover, and that's for women out there who have been contemplating getting into business and just have not done it yet. Uh, I I have advice I could give, but I think it would sound kind of condes- uh, like I'd be condescending to people <laughs> uh, and very pretentious. So, how about from uh, from a woman to other women? What what should they be? What should a woman who wants to start her own business has an idea for one, but just hasn't had either the uh, courage or the time or or some something's holding them back. What would you say? There was I was on the Digi Show when I was on the Digi not the Digi Show the paper clipping Digi Show the very first time that Izzy and Noel invited me to be on and. I, when they started that show, I emailed them and said, hey, you need a digital scrapbooker's perspective and told them all of the different reasons and all of the different reasons a digital scrapbooker could add perspective to their show. And they emailed me back and said, no, thanks. And I figured that they would say no, thanks. But they kept their eye on me and they kept their eye on my site. And I kept emailing them just every once in a while to check in. And before I knew it, I was on their show. And then they invited me back to be on again. And then before I knew it, I had my own podcast. So there are a couple pieces of advice. The first one is a quote that I used the very first time I was on the paper clipping round table with Noelle and Izzy. And that was heart on fire, brain on ice. You have to do what your heart is on fire about. And you just have to jump in and go for it and put your brain on ice and not think about it too much because I think that's what stops all of us is thinking about it too much and that fear. And every time I do a launch, every time I do a price change, every time I do anything on my site, 
I I get that fear, but I can't let it. Is you know I've seen the success and I've seen the reward that comes. I've seen failures too. Um, there was a time with my fonts where I thought I can't even give these stupid things away, let alone try and sell them. And so that was when I closed up shop and moved on. My my fonts are still out there, and every once in a while I get a sell. But um, yeah, you just have to put where your heart is on fire. You have to be willing to go for it because the second piece of advice is no and not asking get the same result. And so trying something and, and failing gets the same result as not trying. You don't end up with anything either way, and so it doesn't matter. But if you try and you're successful, there's so much reward that comes with that. And so you just have to do it. You just have to be willing to do it. All right. How's that? You, uh, yeah, that's great. Uh, ladies, you've heard it from Steph. Uh, just get out there and do it. Uh, I hope everybody's gotten a lot of value from this episode. And until the next time, enjoy your foolish adventure. You've just listened to the Foolish Adventure Show with Tim Conley. To get more straight talk about making money online and building a successful internet business, go to foolishadventure.com. There, you can opt into the Freedom File newsletter. You'll also get access to the Foolish Guide to Launching Products video training module, over an hour and 20 minutes of business building knowledge that can generate tens of thousands of dollars for your new product. Enjoy your foolish adventure. Awesome. Awesome. Well, hopefully that was good. No, no, it was great. Yeah. Thank you. You had great questions for me and and I was able to answer them all and... It was good. So thank you. I appreciate that. I, I, I hope that I added a woman's perspective a little bit. <laughs> well, more so than myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, I, it's hard for me to understand what some of the differences might be only because I'm in an industry filled with women. And so that's what I see all the time. But I definitely do see the fear of jumping in there and then also thinking that they can't commit to it because they're also moms and wives. Right. So... Yeah, Yeah, you know, there's so many, so many things that prevents both men and women from doing what they want to do in life, and and I I think we we kind of use other people as an excuse, like uh, my kids or you know my spouse, you know those kind of things, and and I I I just don't think that those things are valid excuses. Yes, I agree. I think that I think it's really easy to find an excuse when you're not feeling sure, a hundred percent sure and feeling nervous about what it is you want to do. But all right. For sure. Yep. That was very cool. Thank you.